Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number one of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math. Let's start by thanking our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook at stemonfirebook.com. Go to stemonfirebook.com to get your free audiobook. If you're looking for a good book to listen to, I would recommend The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Let's get fired up today with our guest, Mike, and I hope our chat today will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Mike Gilling is a 2017 graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Platteville with a Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering and was heavily involved in the SAE Formula team throughout college. Also during college, he was a mechanical engineering co-op and intern at Husco International, and upon graduation, Mike took a full-time position at Husco in the mechanical engineering design department. Welcome to the show, Mike. Take a moment to fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you did a good job explaining my college career and uh, the future from there. Um, I started engineering or my engineering career kind of back in high school with the uh, first robotics competition, um, which basically you build a robot and compete. And that was kind of my first touch on engineering and progressed there, like you said, to formal SAE and some co-ops internships at various locations. And now I'm full time. Excellent. Hey, thanks for filling that in a little bit. So let's get right into it. So for somebody not familiar with mechanical engineering, and I think most people are familiar with mechanical engineering, but for somebody that's not, can you give some examples of career opportunities? And then we'll delve into your area of specific expertise. Sure. So the area of mechanical engineering, uh, mechanical specifically, and some others as well, is uh, extremely broad. Um, if you think about it, kind of everything that's around you, anything that's been made by a person, with exceptions of a few couple things here, um, an engineer's worked on it and designed it and decided, you know, why we put this material here or, or the shape or something. So there's so many different options you can pick, which is why I uh, went for mechanical engineering because it's so broad. And so you can do things uh, like me, work with hydraulics. You can work in the automotive sector, um, electronics, you know, various things. There's, there's a huge amount of opportunity available. And the amount of jobs available right now is staggering. I get calls probably every month from recruiters and companies talking about their jobs that are available and trying to get me to be interested in their jobs. Yeah, that sounds like there's a there's a good market out there for mechanical engineers. So it sounds like that was a good career choice for you. So let's dig in now into your specific area of expertise. Sure. So uh, so right now, um, as you said earlier, I'm working uh, at Husco International. I'm a design engineer there, and Husco International is a company that designs uh, hydraulic valves for the off-highway market, so excavators, dozers, uh, forklifts, lots of different things. And so within my group, um, I work a lot on FEA and CFD projects, as well as some application stuff, working with customers, working with different suppliers to get our projects moving and get the parts made. So, Hey, you, you mentioned a couple of acronyms, FAE or FEA. Can you explain yep. what those are? Sure. So, so CFD um, is computational fluid dynamics. That's the the, uh, it's kind of simulating how fluid flows through a system. So in my case, it's through a valve, and we'll look at different things like pressure drop from one port to another or flow forces across something or you know, things like that. And FEA is kind of the mechanical or structural side of it um, where you look at the stresses that a force puts onto a material or a, a part of some sort. Yeah. Hey, thanks for filling those acronyms. I know a lot of there's a lot of acronyms out in the world, and uh, 
And when we use them, hopefully we can define what those are to, to help our <laughs> nation figure out what's going on. <laughs> there certainly are a lot of acronyms. And in yeah. fact, Costco's got a whole book full of acronyms yeah. to get people up to speed. It, uh, you start understanding them over time, but it takes a bit to catch on for sure. Yeah, it can be overwhelming at first. Yep. So, you know, going from college uh, into the work world, what does a typical work day look like for you or a work week look like? You know, what can a, a new professional expect in the real world? I would say time-wise, it's very similar to college. Um, you know, 40 hours a week is roughly the amount of time I spent at school. Um, but the difference is it's regular hours. You know, I get into work every day about 7 or 7.30. I uh, check my emails, start working on my projects. And like I said, those vary from uh, CFD and FEA analysis, uh, writing reports, doing testing on machines, actually, creating test plans, you know, various different things like that. And all while I'm doing this, I'm collaborating with people in the U.S., different states, and different countries like uh, India, China, um, England, various different places like that. So uh, a lot of communication and a lot of uh, different projects, a lot of variety at work. So, Yeah, Ed, I think STEM Nation, most of the companies you're going to work for are going to be global companies. And those communication skills are very, very important. So start learning those now. Yeah, hugely important. The communication skills now more than ever probably are a huge, huge deal. Yes, I agree. So Mike, let's get specific here. What is one thing that has you fired up about mechanical engineering and where do you see the field headed? So so mechanical engineering is super broad and, and I follow a lot of different kind of aspects. I'm big into racing, um, lots of different things. One thing that's got me really kind of interested uh, more recently is kind of the advanced prosthetics and body augmentation systems that have been coming out. Um, some electromechanical systems that have been integrated with people, you know, sensors on the muscles and stuff like that to give them an arm back if they lose it or, or a leg or something like that. And so that's pretty interesting to me. Um, the ability to help people and get their function back after such a traumatic experience is great. And then there's other applications like um, the military or in places where someone needs to lift a really heavy object or carry something for a long distance or something is uh, pretty cool to me. Yeah. And I think that would also involve probably like biomedical engineering or something in around that field along with, with the electrical and computer engineers. Oh yeah, for sure. It really uh, kind of combines all of the degrees, you know, um, like you said, you got to have the bio biomedical to interface with the human and then electrical to decode those signals and mechanical to make sure it's strong enough and it's built and it's comfortable. It's really kind of an interesting area. Yeah. A multidisciplinary approach. Yeah. All right, Mike. So changing gears here, let's move into a story, an aha moment you've had, something that might help our STEM nation. Can you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had at work or your personal life and tell us a story and how you turn that aha moment into success? Sure. So thinking back on it, it's hard to pick one moment that was kind of very influential. But uh, if I had to pick one, and this kind of more or less happens all the time for, for me, but um, <clears throat> back in high school, I've been riding motocross a lot, doing off-road riding, and I needed to do adjust the suspension on my dirt bike at the time. And the tool I had for it didn't quite work, didn't fit perfectly. So instead of just going out and buying a new tool, I actually cut the tool apart, welded it up kind of differently, welded a socket onto it so I could kind of change the angle and stuff and made this adjustment tool that worked for me and it was adjustable. And after using it, I saw some kind of benefit over the stock tool. So I talked to a few suppliers, some manufacturers and got a bunch made and have been selling them ever since. So that was kind of my first full project of engineering, you could say, where I brought it from an idea to a final product. So that was kind of my, my aha moment. And brought me into engineering, kind of set the uh, the plan in stone or something you could say. And that was in high school you were doing that? Yeah, that was, uh, I would say, junior or senior year of high school. Uh, that's when I did that. 
So were you able to get tools online that allowed you to do that mechanical type design or did you just kind of draw it up by hand? Yeah. So um, back in high school, like I said, I was in the first robotics team. So I'd been using um, Autodesk Inventor for 3D modeling design. And so I was pretty comfortable with that and had a copy myself and uh, used that to kind of refine my design a little bit more and make it easier to manufacture and then made some drawings up and gave those around to different manufacturers. Yeah, that, that's pretty fantastic. I mean, being an entrepreneur in uh, in the high school world and then taking that into forming your mechanical engineering career and then now a full-time engineer. So that's, that's yeah. really cool. And, and it's not um, it's not so much that I made a lot of money off this or it's, you know, it's been this great success. Actually, I've made very much off of it. But the thing is, is taking the initiative to think of an idea and then see it all the way through. And to be honest, I think this project has gotten me a couple jobs over the course of my life. Um, companies see that initiative they see the success they they like that kind of stuff so that I think it's helped me a lot. Yeah, and I think I think the the companies out there they look for people with initiative, with that stick to itiveness. You know, possibly even over grades. I, you know, personally, I would take somebody with uh, with the drive over grades any day because I can always teach them what they need to be taught, but I can't teach somebody drive. And that's awesome that you have that drive, Michael. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the uh, the initiative is almost more important than grades a lot of times, and I I agree that companies look for that, and uh, they definitely give it a heavier weight than grades at some point in time. I'm not going to try to tout that I was this great student in college and stuff because I didn't get the best grades in the world, but I do have a very good job and had probably a good career coming up here. So so for STEM Nation, if you're if you're in college, you're heading off to college and you know you don't have straight A's, don't worry. You know, just have that drive, uh, do extracurricular activities like the SAE, you know, do some things on the side and just be creative and uh, the doors will open up for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Take any opportunity you can to be creative or, or do extra things, uh, barring that you don't let your grades suffer too much. But yeah, because you know, those are a little bit important. But uh, extra is good for sure. And companies like to see that. So. so I think that's a good segue. We're going to go into kind of the college life here. So we're going to transition into a topic that's probably on the minds of our STEM nation, especially the high school students that are wondering what it takes to get through college to be successful in these, I'll say, rigorous STEM curriculums. If you could go back in time, Mike, what would you tell your 18-year-old self as you're heading off to college? Some things that you wish you knew back then or even knew back then that would help our STEMers launch into college successfully? Sure. So, so if I were to tell myself that when I was 18, uh, the biggest thing I would tell myself is is to take more risks. And I'm not talking about jumping off bridges or, or doing things that are dangerous and risky, but just doing things that, that push the limit of my comfort zone and are outside um, what maybe normally people would do, take more effort than people would do. And uh, those little opportunities, you could say, uh, like the shock adjustment tool that I made, um, have really helped me jump forward in my career past some of my other friends. So doing more of that, I think, would have been great. And I'd advise many people to do stuff like that. It's okay to take some risks sometimes, even if it's outside your comfort zone and it'll pay off in the end. And if it doesn't, you can learn from the mistake. You can learn from what you did and, and move on with it. I completely agree with that, Mike. You you have to be constantly pushing outside of your comfort zone. If you're always in your comfort zone, you're, you're not going to learn. And the only... I'll say the most of the things that I've learned is because I failed at them. I learned from that failure and I adjusted and you just become um, much more knowledgeable by just trying things and and hope you fail because when you do fail, you're advancing. Yeah, exactly. And never take a failure as a bad thing. Uh, Like you said, you learn from these failures and and some of the most notable things in in history and in science have come from failure. Believe it or not, uh, you got to learn from that stuff. 
it, uh, it's, it's extremely important to be able to learn from it and then move on and not get stuck on it. Don't dwell on stuff like that. Yeah. Don't dwell on the failures. Hey, Mike, are there any classes in high school that you, that you took that helped you prepare for college or some classes that you wish you maybe would have taken in, in high school? Um, help me prepare, prepare for college. Um, you know, maybe, uh, more math classes in college or in high school. Um, when I started college, I was a little bit behind the curve for, um, for math. I would have liked to be in a different, um, track you could say in high school and end up in a, a higher end class at the end. It didn't hinder me too much. Uh, one thing that I think is good that engineers should be able to do is don't be afraid to get your hands dirty and to, to work on things and see how they work, take them apart, look at it. Um, that's when I was little, I used to take stuff apart all the time and drove my parents nuts and I would eventually put it back together, but maybe it didn't work so great at the end, but I'd still learn how it worked and see how it functioned. And so, so in high school, I took pretty much every shop class I could to be able to see how things are made and see how they work together and, and why we do things in certain, certain ways. And uh, to know how things are made and how they work is extremely important because you can I can design some really great products, but you can't manufacture them. And if you can't manufacture it, you can't sell it. So having that little inkling is, is pretty important. Yeah, that's some great insight, Mike. Appreciate that. We're going to turn our attention into what skills or attributes do you think are needed for STEMers to be successful as they transition from college into their careers? Yeah, so I want to take a step back first before we go to transitioning from college into careers. Um, During college, I think one hugely important thing um, is to take an internship or co-op. It's it's an unbelievably invaluable event. You know, not only are you going to get paid for it, but you're also going to get some extremely, extremely good education and learning at these places. And as a bonus, places are getting almost free training for you. And they'll probably give you an offer for full time when you're done, which is what happened with me at Husco. And so taking that time before you graduate to do the internship, to do the co-op, even if you have to take a semester off, I think is extremely important. To start a, a the full-time job, you know, you'll have all the skills that you need from college. But to continue through that, you know, you have to keep learning. You can't stop because if you stop learning right when you graduate college, you're going to get stuck. You're never going to move on from there. And for some people, that's okay. If you want to move forward and you want to be really success- successful in your career, you can't stop learning. You got to take every opportunity you can to learn more, to continue it, and, and that'll, that'll lead you to be a very successful engineer. Yeah, it's a, it's a lifelong learning adventure. Um, I've been doing this for about 30 years, and I don't think there's a day that goes by where I don't learn something new. And, and that's what keeps this type of career exciting, is always learning something new. I want to go back and just define what uh, the difference between an intern and a co-op. So an, sure. an internship is pretty much a summer job. So between, you know, when you get up done in the spring and you go back in the fall, you take that summer and, and that's called an internship. What Mike is describing as a co-op is when you actually take a summer and a semester off of school and you work for around eight months and you can really delve into a project and get a lot of great experience through the, the co-op program. So look into the co-op program if you haven't out in uh, in college and take advantage of that. Yep. And a lot of times the, uh, the co-ops you can get credit for in college and some colleges even uh, require them. But uh, I, I'd look at it more as a extremely good learning opportunity. And like you said, you can get a lot deeper into a project than you can in an internship. There's a lot more time involved and you get paid more too. So that's, that's good. Absolutely. Pay for, pay for that college tuition. It's not going yep, down. Exactly. So if we can go now to the skills and attributes that you think are needed for STEMers as they go from college to their careers, what do you think they need? Skills, um, the drive to try new things. I'd say question all of the stuff that you see. Don't, it's tough to say question everything, but 
don't to um like challenge everybody about their stuff but it's okay to say okay why do we do it this way or why can't we do it this other way because you learn from that a little bit so uh, i guess one skill that i'd say uh, definitely to be aware of is question every little bit and learn as much as you can from the projects you're working on and then apply that learning to the new project or the the next homework that you have to do or something like that. Yeah, that, that's good advice. All right, Mike. Hey, are you ready for the lightning round? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I say the best piece of advice I've ever received, and it sounds maybe kind of cliche, is to just stick with it and don't give up. Uh, there was a time when I was in college that uh, you know I was having a really tough time. The grades weren't perfect. Um, I wasn't really having a hard time, and I was going to switch degrees and uh, talk to a few people, and they told me just to stick with it, and I ended up being able to graduate and got good grades after that. It was fine. I have a good job. And so stick with it. Don't give up. The stuff is going to be really hard. It's going to seem like you're not going to be able to get it done, but everybody does. So just keep sticking with it. It'll be worth it in the long run. Yeah, stick with it, STEM Nation. And that's why we're doing this podcast is when, you got, when you're up late at night doing the homework, you can remember these podcasts and, and remember the advice that Mike gave you. Just stick with it. It'll be worth it in the end. I think these STEM careers are some of the best careers you can go after. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Um, so, kind of like I mentioned earlier, um, I tend to question everything that I'm doing. Um, so, so the other day, for example, I was working on a, a casting, um, a metal casting, and there's a lot of people there that have uh, designed these castings for years and they have this certain way that they do it. And, you know, I wanted to do it a different way and try this new um, way to develop the casting. And, you know, I showed it to them and they said, no, we can't do that. And I just asked them, why can't we do it? What is what is holding us back from doing this? And after some conversation and some time, we found out there's not much holding us back from doing it. It's it's more so this is what we've done for so many years. So let's try this new way and hopefully it'll be turn out to be better. So you got to try those little things. And when you ask questions and you, you push the limit there and you pick up little details over time and those little details may seem uh, insignificant at the time but you pick up enough of those and it adds up to quite a bit of knowledge and so to keep doing that is really important absolutely hey mike what is your favorite internet resource or phone app and why my favorite app we could say um not one in particular but i like to keep an app that uh, gives me a task list something i can you know put stuff in and check off when i get them done and it's right there on my phone every time i turn it on so i see it all the time i know what I got to do when it's due and then I can check it off right when I'm done. So that keeps me on track and uh, make sure I get stuff done in time. And there's plenty of out, plenty of them out there. Um, just a huge number. So pick any one, get comfortable with it and use it. Yep. A task manager. I use a task manager myself and it, it just keeps your brain focused on what you need to be working on. Hey Mike, what is one book you recommend and why? Uh, so I don't, do a whole lot of reading um, book-wise. But if I had to pick one book that I've read in the past, uh, it's the book called, it's a autobiography or biography of Elon Musk. Um, It's called Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future. And it kind of follows him through his life when he grew up in Africa and uh, South Africa. His, you know, the troubles he had there, the risks he took, the things he did to get to where he is now. It's not so much like you're going to learn so much from this book. More so it gives you kind of the the idea of the light at the end of the tunnel. and, And people just like us have grown up to be extremely successful people in the world. And it helps reinforce that all of this very difficult and challenging work is worth it in the long run. And, and you're going to make it through it and you're going to be successful. And so it, I, I like that book quite a bit. 
Yeah, I think that's a great recommendation. I think part of it, people look and go, well, Elon Musk, I mean, that it's because he he's he, that's why he's so successful. But what you don't yeah. see is all the grind, all the work he put into it before he became successful. So there's so much work that goes into these people that are successful. So find some books like that, some autobiographies, and see what these people did to be successful. Hey, Mike, we're going to wrap it up here. So as we wrap up, can you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation? And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, so I guess a good parting piece of guidance is to say the most important things you can learn as a young engineer or um, uh, an entry-level engineer is learn to communicate with everybody else. Um, like we said earlier, you're going to be working in a global company most likely being able to send emails right or um, talk to people in person is extremely important and to be able to convey your point or your ideas to them is going to help you a whole lot and then also as we mentioned earlier turn those mistakes into learning experiences don't dwell on them if you make a mistake take a step back look at it see okay what did i do here where did it go wrong why did it go wrong remember that and move on if you dwell on it you're not going to get anywhere and if you note it and then move on you can use it in the future and you'll be more successful because of it. All right, Mike, thank you for that parting piece of guidance. And with that, we'll say goodbye. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you later. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today with Mike. Head over to stemonfire.com for more information and tune in next week where we interview Aaron, a computer engineer. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.